Hi everyone, I'm Ishai Knobel. I'm the co-founder and CEO of HelpRound, and we're excited to be here today. Thank you, uh, ConnectiveRx, for uh, bringing us here in the CBI, um, and we're excited to get started and talk today about how we see the world of virtual mobile copay programs. Uh, it's a big, hot topic right now with all things that are happening out there. Uh, in terms of it, in terms of people just being out and about, not in an office anymore. So uh, let's get started. So we're going to talk about components uh, of what virtual mobile copay card means. So a virtual mobile copay card um, from uh, we're going to talk about the patient-centric view. Uh, we're going to talk about the differences between uh, traditional virtual and virtual mobile. What what is really the difference between these different programs? Um, elements of virtual mobile copy card and what the impact of virtual copy programs uh, on on patients getting on therapy, staying on therapy, and patients access to other programs. That's going to be an important piece. And finally, some regulatory elements of virtual copay programs and how, how, uh, what are some of the best practices to navigate uh, these regulatory elements. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, mobile copay is growing and we're seeing this uptick and Chris showed this, um, this uh, graph early today. Uh, there's this uptick in the mobile channel for copay cards. Uh, there are several reasons for that. Uh, mainly, we're seeing that uh, the, the kind of physical channel is is struggling. Uh, we are seeing um, we're seeing a few reasons that we're going to check uh, check on in a, in a little bit. But gradually, copay programs are going virtual. They're going virtual, and you can already see that the web consumer is already well around fifty percent. But now, mobile is picking up and we'll show exactly why in in the next few minutes so what are some of the elements of the virtual mobile copy card or the of the copy program first of all the ability to enroll without a physical form or a PC or a Mac or a desktop for that matter that's critical because now everything has gone virtual so being able to enroll in a copay program without having to actually touch something is becoming so much more critical. The second piece is that distribution is becoming digital. It's becoming available on the go. It's easy for the patient and there's no printing needed. In the age of Amazon where we can, you know, we can just return a package without even, even printing a slip. That's kind of the standard that patients expect. And if we change that to, no, you've got to print, that puts a burden on the patient and making their access uh, more challenging. Digital card storage on a mobile device, the ability to just access it, just have it there activated on the mobile device, on the go, one, two, three, just like you're used to doing in any other uh, realm of your life as a consumer, not just a patient, as a consumer. Your expectation to get the triggers, to get the updates on mobile, that's where you expect them. 
especially as email is becoming such a crowded space with so much spam in it, you really want what matters to your financials to be easily accessible and available, the place where you're always accessible, which is the mobile phone. And finally, the ability to upload information, upload copies, you have a camera in your pocket, upload an image uh, of your insurance card and enter through the attestations on mobile. It's just becoming something that consumers expect because they do that everywhere else. So, what's wrong with traditional? That's kind of self-explanatory, right? Let's see. Currently, the process is that the initiation starts either by the HCP, where they could hand you, they can hand the patient uh, a copay card, physical, or the brand website, and then they mail it to your home, and then you got to go to your mail and bring back the card, and then activate it, or activate it by the brand hub. And the brand hub is yet another place where it ends up delivered physically. Well, the format is going to be something like PDF or pre-printed or download and print web form phone calls. These are all very manual means that are not really necessary anymore. Then you've got to submit a form. If the patient has to submit a form to the hub, do they have to mail it by the HCP? Mail it by the patient. Mailing, asking the patient to actually fill out a form and mail it is going to be a big, big burden. Faxing it by the ACP, sure, if the ACP and patient were in physical interaction, but that is not happening as much either. Emails, phone calls, all these are manual. And finally, how do you get the card? You get it physically by the mail or you get it physically by the ACP office. And that is slow. It's slow and it takes seven days in average seven days in average for something that we are that we would be using you doing in any other industry with a few clicks so from seven days to seven hours instead of initiating it physically with a pdf the patient can go and just request it with a web link submit a form to the hub is electronic no form no manual printing, not no mailing anything, and the card distribution is immediate as well. It comes out, it, it comes out immediately on the phone. You can print it out, but you don't really need to because it's on your phone and you can access it on your wallet. And we are seeing that across the board with the programs out there, manufacturers are putting mobile card on the digital wallet. It can be Apple wallet, it can be Android, it doesn't matter, but it's there and it's fast and you cut down days and days in time of therapy. So virtual is faster, mobile is the fastest because now the invitation doesn't require a desktop anymore. And desktop is replaced by SMS webling app, meaning you can, a patient can handle all these registrations as you see here on the right, with a few clicks, while they're doing something else, while they have commercials in the middle of a sports game they're watching, or while it's just a few clicks away, it doesn't require 
the patient to switch to a desktop and sit down and start handling um, and start going to an office mode. Okay. Of course, form submission to the hub is also done electronically via mobile and card distribution is immediate. You get it on your device. You don't need to print anything. And that's just the fastest way. And that's a seven minutes approach. So from seven days to seven hours to seven minutes. So let's look at the traditional versus the virtual mobile copay balance. How do you get your balance? Well, you can request your copay balance traditionally on the brand website. From the hub, you got to make a phone call. A lot of patients don't even know what that balance means. But it's almost always a phone call. And patients don't like phone calls, as we'll see in one second, as opposed to mobile, where you are able to just get notified. Here's your balance. Do I need to do anything? Click one, two, three. Do I need to chat with someone about this? Click one, two, three. This is how seven, seven days turn into seven minutes. And the impact is, of course, improved time to therapy. So less affordability issues, less abandonment, and when you have e-prescribing or the patient gets just notified immediately on the phone, hey, you got prescribed a certain drug, you can activate and store the card right there. Maybe you're at the HCP office, maybe you're at the pharmacy, but you don't have to go home and pull out a form and do all that, all that uh, uh, dancing. It's, it accelerates the time to therapy and helps patients with clarity on what is happening at any point in their journey. And now to the really key piece. Copay is, does not exist in silo. Copay is one part of a larger program. And your teams, the pharma brand teams, are working hard to put together extensive programs that include PAP, include Copay, include sometimes debit card. They include uh, uh, adherence programs. A lot of programs, a lot of money, a lot of effort that goes into these pieces. And guess what? A lot of them are suffering suffering from underutilization. As you see here at the bottom, 81% of patients are not even aware of patient support programs. 81% are not aware of patient support programs. That is an unbelievable number. Well, it's not surprising since 60% 60, 60 of patients prefer digital options to a phone call, but most of the services are provided with a phone call. So what do you do? Well, there is one thing that we are here to discuss, which is a virtual mobile copy card that you are going to be placing in patients' hands. So if that copy card was able to do so much more to route the patient to other resources, well, you're going to drive that utilization up. See here on the right. On the right, you see a copay card that was just activated on mobile, and and the patient can save it to wallet, or it can also and the patient can also just enroll in the patient support program, or find out if they're eligible for free drugs. And this is how you create visibility by not sending the patient to different places for each program 
You start with a copy card and the copy card unlocks the path. It unlocks the adherence programs, chat support, hub support, pharmacy communication. You really use that as your main launch pad for the patient into the patient support program. And then the numbers go up substantially from the from 19% in this case. So again, if it's separate, you're going to get copy utilization that is probably pretty high, but you can combine that with hub enrollment, with attestations, with, with PSP enrollment, sometimes with REMS. A copay card can drive your patients to REMS and make sure that they are aware of what they have to do in order to get on that therapy. And they are incentivized to do that because the copay card means a discount. It's a financial offering. So the patient have a built-in incentive to use it. And if there's one thing I will take from our talk today is, I would recommend taking from this talk today is how big of an opportunity you have in driving copay utilization to other parts of your patient support program. Some regulatory considerations. Uh, there's actually an opportunity here because the consent for the initial SMS actually you actually solicit can solicit permission to other messages down the road. So hey, you just downloaded the copy card. Please click here to consent also to sign you connect you to the hub. E-consent for HIPAA and messaging, you can actually collect as part of the copay flow, collect wet signature on mobile, which very often is another burden, another hurdle to therapy. And finally, from an authentication point of view, SMS, as you see here in the image to the left, you can see that getting an SMS that says, hey, verify that this code, that you received this code, that's a HIPAA compliant way for identifying the patient and authenticating the patient. So all of a sudden, copy cards are becoming a much bigger opportunity here that your legal team might really want to hear about on how to collect additional consents at the point where the patient opts into the copy program. So to recap, virtual mobile copay programs, the patient is expecting more. The patient is expecting mobile on-the-go access and information about the copay program. That's what the patient is expecting. The big news is that that's a big, the copay card, mobile copay card, can also act as a portal to your patient support program, to your PAP, to your hub enrollment, to a lot of other things that today are underutilized. And that's a big potential impact of virtual mobile copay cards for your patients and for your patient journey. If there are any questions, would love to learn more about your copay program, about other programs that you have on your team. Please let us help. We'd love to learn more about what you guys are doing. Team at helpround.co. And, uh, and I really want to say thank you for being with us today. Reach out. My name is Ishai. And I think we're going to open it up to questions now with Chris. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Good to see everybody again virtually. Um, miss you all, by the way. It's, it was great having our live conference series. 
So she'll try and make up for a little bit of that, but um, great content. Ishai, thank you for a great talk. Um, hope everybody's enjoying the morning uh, and uh, we'll keep it moving. You know, I wrote down when you were going through your talk, the 81%, and then a question came in um, from someone regarding the 81%. Uh, and actually, hold on, I have it queued up exactly. Um, with your 81% number, how do you suggest slash deal with getting the information about the patient assistance, making them aware of it? We cannot cold call a patient with program information unless they opt in. So let's talk around the 81%, of, you know, from that question. And also maybe there's a background on that 81%, but let's talk about that. Yeah, so the, the big channel is the op challenge is the opt-in, right? So you want to get the opt-in the, the consent for the patient to be contacted by the MCP, for example, right? The copay card, if done correctly, can embed these consents as part of the activation. So as the patient comes in to get the copay card, now is the time to add a couple of other steps just as part of that process to make sure that you collect consent on everything else. And by the way, it's also an opportunity to get a few other things from the patient, like confirm their phone number and make sure that when somebody calls them, they will pick up. So collect these consents as part of the copay card and reach out after this call. I'm happy to show a few examples on how that can be done. Okay, thanks. Uh, another question was around help around. Um, just a little bit about the company because the comment was that there's a number of companies that are out there that are doing some sort of mobile work and so forth. And maybe you can uh, differentiate and, and um, explain a little bit about the company and, and, and your connectivity into really healthcare and copay and, and all that. So thanks for the question. Uh, this is uh, help around mission is to simplify patients lives. So we like to make it easy for patients, easy for brands. Uh, and this is by making connectivity to the specialty network, our core piece. So mobile patient connectivity, getting the patient to access the different resources that they have and streamline it into one place uh, is, is, is our key, key uh, focus. Um, and one area that, uh, that is really important in that area is that, you know, saying, you know, mobile will create an app. Anyone can build an app. There are apps out there that are used for, you know, retail drugs, uh, all kind of, you know, medication reminders, etc. Um, but the patient very often doesn't want an app. What they want is their patient support program. Sure, some of them would want an app and as help around, we have that as well, but getting there on mobile, serving the right resource at the right time and to the right place. Some of the patients will want SMS. Some of the patients will want mobile web. Some of the patients will use an app, uh, but making it easy for the patient to access the best resource in the right time, that's key because that makes their life easier and the drive utilization of the patient support program. So that's really key for us, simplify the patient journey, simplify the brand team that's been working so hard and make this connectivity seamless. Um, and uh, and ConnectiveRx is a partner of ours that we're very excited uh, about the seamless experience that we've created together. 
Okay. Thanks. Uh, a couple uh, additional questions come in. I can com combine a couple of them. Uh, what is the age group that prefers digital over phone call? <clears throat> That's a great question. Uh, I would break it down less by um, age group and and more by um, disease area. Uh, so if you are dealing with uh, a rather you know a healthier population um, that actually let me step back for a second. The broad answer is that if you have a healthy younger population, they want digital, but they don't want an app. If you're dealing with older population that is on the healthy side, uh, they will use an app actually. They have more patience. They have more patience compared to the younger, you know, your 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 mirror users uh, who are in their 20s, 30s, and they have too many apps already. The older population would actually use an app and they would communicate with SMS, they're used to it. Of course, those that prefer the phone call are the people that potentially don't even have a smartphone. Uh, very old and often very sick population. But the question you've got to ask in that situation is not who the patient is, but who the caregiver is. Meaning, who is actually administering, who is actually doing the logistics of the copy card on behalf of that patient? And you've got to tailor your support program around that because that's your audience. It's not necessarily going to be the patient. If you have an oncology patient in their you know late 70s, then the caregiver, probably the, the son or daughter, would be handling a lot of logistics, copy card, etc., and they would use they would use digital. So I would say, offer digital. Don't give up on the phone calls. Use that as the backup channel. There's an opportunity for operational efficiency. But create a digital front store storefront uh, for all caregivers and patients to go or opt in to the phone option. Do both. <clears throat> Don't replace. Uh, you know, as a follow-on to that, the the biggest misconception is that older Americans uh, do not use mobile. And but I think you know, piece by piece, things that have been coming out, you know. Um, contradict that. Do you have any snapshot of that? Absolutely. So one of our program, um, one of our programs deals with a rather old population, people in their seventies who are uh, who undergo um, ongoing treatments, uh, and and trans moving from phone to digital increased showed ten x higher engagement with uh, the case the case management team. So, again, on, okay. on phone yeah. only versus digital, 10x increase in the utilization of the case management yeah. program and services. Age is just a number. You know, when I, when I took my father-in-law around to, to many, many uh, places to live, they repeated that over and over. Age is just a number. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, this is an interesting question. Maybe we can even tag team this. Is any of this impacted by copay accumulators as they have become more popular, you know, by the payers? You know, digital, um, uh, mobile meets, you know, the reality that there are accumulator programs out there with the payers. 
so what happens as a result of accumulator is that there is a there's an increased burden on the patient to figure out different options, right? So the patients, have, so now the affordability program doesn't have only copay, but it potentially also has debit or has some something else. So the patient's like, wait a second, I'm confused. That increases the, the importance of streamlining and simplifying step-by-step step on mobile what the patient has to do to optimize their savings. Is that fair, Chris? I think that's I think that's an excellent point uh, because you know they are confused. There's there's changes, um, and if you're you know you're tying mobile into hub services and messaging the patient at key times, it's important. And if you're messaging them on a copay program, and then a platform for payment, that's part of accumulator solutions is putting the money in the hands of the patient and potentially their phone. So there's I think you'd say there's probably some utility there for mobile. I, I would add also that uh, there's actually an opportunity because there are multiple um, resources potentially in the hands of the patient, copay debit, there's actually an opportunity to consolidate everything on mobile for the patient. Uh, you got to know what you're doing because you've got to be PCI compliant if you are putting the debit card on the phone. So by all means, happy to share with you the right way of doing it. Uh, but there's an opportunity to put it together, to put different affordability, affordability on mobile for the patient so they don't have to start chasing that and get a debit card in the mail and the copay card there and go there and activate it. No, it's all streamlined, one, two, three, four. They know exactly what they have to do. Done. Okay. Uh, a couple of the questions came in. What, what kind of cost savings can be found by going digital? Question mark. Uh, example, reduction in hub FTE needs. Yeah, so I, I think that's 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 a great example. Uh, I think very often by making information available, uh, manufacturers can expect increased efficiency, less phone calls uh, into into the hub, uh, less FTEs, uh, just increased efficiency, better you better patient experience. Uh, and this is why we always suggest start by introducing a digital layer, and then you will gradually see how it impacts the hub operations, uh, and 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 you can see it in action as you introduce more and more digital pieces. Uh, the one thing that I can tell you just doesn't fly anymore is phone calls. Phone calls are in a phone calls are just patients. I think it's about seventy percent of patients don't pick up a phone that they don't recognize. So if the hub or the or the pharmacy is going to call them or the NCP and they don't recognize the number, they're not going to pick up. And guess what? I don't pick up either when I see a phone that I don't recognize. So can you blame me? So that's the biggest no-no I can suggest. Phone calls require a digital layer and there are ways to do it. Um, there was a follow-up to that, which is, uh, are you saying to inform the patient of a direct-to-patient options for copay to bypass the accumulator reported by the HCP? So there are ways to, um, to inform the patient of all the affordability options they have. Um, and I don't know if we would be bypassing 
I think it would be augmenting. I think it would be another way of giving the patient the option of accessing a resource that maybe the HCP forgot to mention. Maybe the HCP, you know, not all the HCPs actually go and, and make sure that the patient knows all the options they have. Uh, so it's really about meeting the patient where they are. If the patient is looking for the easiest option, show them a menu. Do it like this, like this, like this. Which one do you pick? And they will find the best route for them. Okay. Uh, next question is, what has the feedback from patients been? Question mark. Are they comfortable using their phone for health issues? Let's talk about that a little bit. Because, you know, people are a little bit, especially early days, um, people might have been a little reluctant, uh, but things probably changed to what degree we don't know. And um, what is your view on that? Yeah, so I think I totally appreciate the question, by the way, because you can see, you know, a lot of people who are not, you know, not even using their phone for financial yet, right? Uh, they, they still mail in checks because they don't uh, not comfortable uh, putting their credit card on the phone, and you got to take that into yeah. account. Uh, you're going to have a huge part. You can't really generalize on patients. You're going to have a lot of patients who prefer digital, and you're going to have some patients who are not comfortable with that yet. Probably the minority, but I, I think we showed the numbers earlier. It's about 60, 65% of patients prefer digital. And you got to service both. It's not an option anymore not to offer both. And, and this is why this is kind of our message to you guys. Don't sacrifice, you know, don't kill any programs, any manual programs you have, but augment them with digital, augment them with mobile, uh, because that'll going to drive a lot of efficiencies. Um, in, and, and it's going to appeal to a, about 60% in general of patients, 65% who prefer, who prefer digital uh, option as it is. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we're actually out of time. Uh, there's a couple of questions here, but I have the email of who sent it in. So I'll connect you uh, and we'll get those uh, answers out. Um, um, but Yishai, thank you very much for a good talk. Uh, you know, some insights. We kind of went deep on a subject uh, that is people are really looking at this very closely for 2021 planning. If they haven't done anything, they, they're looking at it for 2021. If they have done a little bit, they're looking for the next best thing. So uh, there's there's a lot of interest out there as, as I see the questions coming in kind of validates that as well. So thank you very much. Uh, thanks for thank all the, the folks uh, bringing in questions and um have a good rest of the afternoon. Now, uh, folks in the audience, um, is stand by for, uh, there's a, a robust copay session coming in around copay 101. But I think what you'll find in this session, it's not just 101. There are some nice deep dives on some intricate parts of uh, affordability programs. So stay tuned.